The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on in the skies? Why are we shooting things down? Trains are derailing. We have culture wars, communism, a great light in the mood. All that's coming up on I'm Right. I want you to imagine something. Before we get into all the news of the day and the balloons and the trains, planes, trains, and automobiles and everything else, before we get into that, I want you, I want you to walk with me. I promise I'm going somewhere with this, so just hang with me. I want you to imagine you and I, we move in together. Roomies, we're roomies. We've got some sweet apartment somewhere, we're roommates. And you quickly learn something about me. And that something is I blame every single problem there is on rats. Hey, who ate the cereal? It's probably the rats. Hey, AC's not working right. I bet the rats got up there, chewed the wiring. Oh no, I'm late for work. I bet the, I bet the rats chewed on the alarm wire. Son, why didn't you do why didn't you do the homework? I bet the rats ate it. You would quickly come to the conclusion that I have an axe to grind with rats, and really, I'm just anti-rat. Because I assign the blame to the rats with everything. I know that would be weird, but that's what you would conclude, right? Well, I want you to understand something. I really want you to notice something about the communists, the ones we face every single day, the American Marxists we face. That's the BLMers, the LGBTQers, the climate changers, the feminists, all all of them. Every single, they're not separate, but every single branch of American communism. And frankly, communism throughout history. They all have the same thing in common. And what is that thing? 
Whatever the problem is, doesn't matter what it is. In the Soviet Union, it would, be, it would have been spies or, or, or fascists. Or in America, the problem is uh, climate change, your carbon, your, uh, the church. It didn't, didn't, doesn't matter what the problem is. The communist looks at everything that he thinks is a problem, and he always comes to the same conclusion. Always, with every single issue. What is it? The problem is there are too many people alive. This problem, whatever problem is, X, Y, Z, doesn't matter. The problem would be solved if a bunch of people would just die over and over and over again. Whether you're Stalin looking for subversives so you hand out murder quotas to the NK NKBD because, hey, if you kill enough people, that problem would get solved. All the way to today, if you're Bill Gates worried about the cow farts and the car exhaust and so you go on television routinely and say things, well, the Earth's population needs to be reduced by 10%, 20%. Doesn't really matter what the issue is, the communist always seems to find the same solution. The problem, humans. Specifically, there are too many of them alive. And if we could solve that part of the problem, the problem would work itself out over and over and over again. That's why they're called anti-humans. Many people have called them that throughout time. Solzhenitsyn was one of the first, and it is so what they are. Solzhenitsyn actually called them the enemies of humanity after spending some time in the gulag, and that is such a perfect way to put it. You want the latest and greatest example? Just want you to understand the mentality of what you're up against. There's a professor at Yale. Do keep in mind, as I've said over and over again, need to get you new direct TV viewers up to speed. If you want to know the most practical thing you could do to help get America back on track, it would be to take our top 50 universities, fire every employee, raise every building to the ground, and eliminate them from existence on the planet, because this is where the real mind virus of communism spreads. Professor at Yale, I mean, after all, you'd brag if your kid went to Yale, right? Hey, Aiden, Jaden, and Braden got into Yale. Well, this Yale professor just said, hey, Japan's got a problem. And you know what? You know what would fix that problem? If all the old people would just kill themselves. I'm not making that up. Old people need to all commit ritualistic suicide in Japan, and that would solve the problems. And this goes to something we're going to talk a little bit about on tonight's show, and this is going to go to something that we, you need to understand consistently. I am not, I am not ever going to preach at you. I don't care what you believe about life or what you believe about God. I, it's not my business. I'm not your pastor. I'm not your father. I'm, I'm, I'm none of those things. I don't care. But I do want you to understand something. And unless you understand and accept this, you will never be able to take on the American communist. You are in a religious war. You are because he decided it's a religious war. He has a religion. It's an anti-human religion. They are out to kill and destroy. These are anti-humans. They don't, they don't think you're some unique soul or anything like that. You're a mouth to feed. You're just somebody who can just die and go away. And they are religiously committed to it. That's why communists have managed to kill so many people in such a short time of existence. They are religiously committed to being anti-humans. That's why the problem always gets solved if you would just die. 
I am reminded of this, and then we're going to move on because we need to talk about part of the reason for the death. I'm reminded of Jane Goodall standing in front of the elites of the planet and saying, we wouldn't have any problems if the Earth's population was reduced by 90%. We cannot hide away from human population growth because, you know, it underlies so many of the other problems. All these things we talk about wouldn't be a problem if there, were, if there was the size of population that there was 500 years ago. Imagine looking at an Earth full of 7 billion people, 7 billion unique individual God-breathed lives and saying, if most of you guys would just die, everything would be fine. You could never, you're not a monster, but the communist is. You may not think you're in some religious war, but the communist does, therefore you are. Which brings me to where we're at now as a nation. We talk a lot about this. We talk about the death of everything. And that's what you're seeing now across the country, the death of everything. Every day you wake up, there's some new thing shot out of the sky. Why? Why do they keep shooting things out of the sky? Well, it's not for any form of patriotism. You saw that when they allowed one Chinese spy balloon to traverse the entire United States of America before shooting it down. The administration got embarrassed that they got caught not shooting it down, and so now they're just blasting away at everything, real or imagined. Who knows what they're actually shooting down? Now they're just blasting everything out of the sky. But what does this have to do with a rotting nation, the death of everything. Well, here's what it has to do. You see, when you focus on the wrong thing as a qualification to do anything, you will eventually destroy that profession, that institution. And here, let me use, an, let me use a really stupid example, but I'm stupid, so I do that from time to time. You see, if I'm a home builder, I'm building homes, and I decide that every single person I hire, he needs to have red hair. Only gingers at Jesse Kelly's construction company, that's what I decide to hire. And so no matter what, doesn't matter the qualification, years of experience, do you know how to drywall, how are you at pounding nails, none of that matters. I need people with red hair in here, over and over and over again, that's my hiring process. What would my company end up like? What would the quality be of my company? Be garbage, be horrible. Over time, the houses would get worse and worse and worse. Why? Because I'm assigning value to the color of someone's hair, which in and of itself has no value, brings no value to my company. But since I have decided it does have value, I am now filling up Jesse Kelly's ginger construction service with a bunch of redheads who not only sunburn, they don't know how to pound nails. Eventually, Homes start crumbling, maybe on people. I was being diverse. I was being very inclusive. But what I was actually doing was killing. And what you have right now at a national level with these anti-humans, what you have is this hyper-focus on diversity everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. I want you to watch this clip with Corinne Diversity Hire. And before you make fun of her, which we're obviously going to do, before you make fun of her, I want you to think about something. When you watch Corinne Diversity Hire speak, you laugh and you mock her and you say she's not qualified. And of course, all those things are correct. Keep doing all that. She's not qualified. She was hired because she's a black lesbian, which is a crazy reason to hire a press secretary. So you're looking at somebody not qualified for their job. You know that's going to be surgeons in the very short 
long-term future, right? You know that. It's going to be police officers, pilots of that next commercial airliner. Did you know that these commercial airliners are already putting out articles? Hey, man, we need to, we got too many whites. It's getting too white around here. Hey, no more whitey. We only are going to hire black people from now on. That's quite a qualification for flying around 300 people in a metal tube at 30,000 feet, isn't it? The color of someone's skin. The death of everything. Think about that next pilot you have as you watch this Corinne Diversity Hire clip. Why is, why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a, a part of a, it's a, it's a, what you call a coalition, a consortium, a consortium. A, a pact so, of nations. A pact, okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that. Again, it, we didn't do it on our own. We did right. it in, in, uh, in uh, clearly in, 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 in step with uh, right. Canada. Canada. Uh, 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 Canada. She can't speak. Doesn't know anything about the issues. She's an idiot. And yet she's the press secretary. Why? Because the, the people who do all the hiring now in this nation, not just in the Joe Biden White House, at universities, hospitals, police departments, law firms, that next judge that's presiding over your case, they're focused on everything except for what really matters. The death of everything, which in the end, back to what we were talking about, is what the anti-human really wants. I can bring this information that I just told you to any one of these communists, and I can tell them, hey, you hear the story about Jesse Kelly's ginger construction company and how everything got worse? And they would look at me and they would say, no, I know, I get it. Because the destruction is intentional, and that's the idea. All that may have made you uncomfortable but I am right. We have an incredible show for you. The great Liz Wheeler is going to join us next. We got, we got a tough road to hoe, as the saying goes. Let's get slogging, right? We're not going to slog our way there with low T. I promise you that, fellas. Ladies, you're not going to slog your way there with low energy highs. It's 2 in the afternoon. I, I need a cup of coffee. We need natural solutions. Mainly because that doctor you're going to go see in 10 years thinks the same way. is just as unqualified as Corinne Diversity Hire. So I strongly suggest you avoid the doctor with natural herbal solutions. Chalk has whatever you need. Male vitality stack, female vitality stack, endless natural herbal supplements. Get healthy. Avoid the doctor's office for 35% off. That's what the subscriptions are right now on anything, anything, site-wide. Chalk.com promo code JESSE. Get strong, get healthy, avoid your diversity, hire doctor. Chalk.com promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? 
extraterrestrials, and if so, why? I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. Are we being invaded? Joining me now, the great Liz Wheeler of the Liz Wheeler Show, which you can watch right here on the first, Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Liz, uh, all right, I, I don't think we're being invaded by aliens, but it does seem like we rent from allowing one balloon across the country to shooting something out of the sky every 15 minutes. What exactly is the Liz Wheeler take on this stuff? I think there's a single word that can uh, be used to describe why we're shooting so much stuff out of the sky, and that is incompetence. The Biden administration was humiliated by the Chinese spy balloons, so they ramped up their radars. They started looking closely at what is encroaching on our sovereign airspace, and now they're just shooting willy-nilly. There's actually a video, this is from like two or three years ago, before Biden was president, where he was um, he was coming out against AR-15s. He was saying, listen, even if you have a home invader, you don't need an AR-15. And he literally advised people in this video to just go out on your porch and aim a double-barreled shotgun in the sky and give it a couple blasts and that'll scare away any home invader. That is what Joe Biden is doing right now. He is indiscriminately shooting things out of the sky to cover for his to cover for the humiliating thing that every American every American witness, Jesse, he thought we wouldn't notice this. That's the thing. The Biden administration was aware of this Chinese spy balloon before it even touched Alaska. They they thought the American people would just be going about their lives, not notice this until someone happened to look up in the sky, a journalist who I think was prior military, so had some had some experience in this kind of aircraft, took a picture of it. It went viral on social media, thanks to citizen journalism, and the Biden administration froze. They didn't know what to do because they didn't want to uh, be antagonistic to the Chinese Communist Party, but at the same time, all the American people were like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? This is our country, our safety, and you are taking the side of the Chinese. Liz, uh, the Rear Admiral Pete Buttigieg was talking about this, and it just seems so unserious. Here's what he said. It's had its challenges. Right. Uh, I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic. We've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um. <laughs> Liz, none of these people seem to be mindful about the country. That's what I take from the, all this stuff so much. You have these huge incidents, and it's all just kind of an inconvenience. Oh, dang, there are problems. I'm busy trying to run for president here. There's really not a patriotic bone in these people's body, is there? Only elitists would laugh at the things that he was laughing at, things that have hurt the American people, the shipping container crisis, the the threat to our national sovereignty, uh, the, the food crisis, the airline tickets, the cancellations. These are things that have impacted, negatively impacted and harmed the American people. Pete Buttigieg is laughing because he is an elitist. He is not touched by any of these things. He is, he's special. He's set above the rest. He plays by different rules than, than you or I do. The infuriating part is that this man, Pete Buttigieg, judge was hired because he's gay, period. He was hired because he fits the token virtue signaling of the left. They want 
us to think that Pete Buttigieg is qualified because of who he likes to sleep with, because of what his sexual orientation is. I'm sorry to say that is not a qualifier for a for a position like this. Prior to Pete Buttigieg being Secretary Pete, when he was Mayor Pete, his biggest accomplishment was like a bike lane in the in the small town that he lived in. That does not qualify someone to serve in, in a cabinet position and in a presidential administration. And we see that this is Jesse. This is a diversity hire, right? This is someone who was hired based on an immutable characteristic and lifestyle choice. And the result of this has been harmed the American people. The fact that the Biden administration didn't fire him after the first time he faced a problem and failed that he chose to let the American people be harmed versus actually deferring to uh, deferring to people who might know better than he does or resigning shows you that the Biden administration uh, values political identity, identity politics more than they value us. I'm glad you said something about diversity and him being a diversity hire, which he obviously is. Oh, Mayor Pete brought it up today. To work with your contractors, uh, to work with your community colleges on building a workforce that reflects the community. We have heard way too many stories from generations past of infrastructure where you got a, a neighborhood, often a neighborhood of color, that finally sees the project come to them, but everyone in the hard hats on that project looking like, uh, uh, you know, doing, doing the good paying jobs, don't look like they came from anywhere near the neighborhood. Right. You can build community wealth that will help close wealth gaps in this country if we can tear down those barriers. But that happens at the delivery level. Liz, I call diversity the death of everything because that's honestly what it is. From pilots to surgeons to government to construction workers, we focus on, as you pointed out, lifestyle choices and other idiotic things, and it's slowly killing the entire country. It's terrible. I mean, Pete Buttigieg, uh, it's, it's phenomenal to me. Let's back up for a second. It's phenomenal to me that there's not one enterprising journalist in this country who's interested in asking Pete Buttigieg whether he shares the ideological affinity of his father. Pete Buttigieg's father is a man named Joseph Buttigieg who ran an international fan club for Antonio Gramsci, who was a committed Marxist, a cultural Marxist. And no one has even ever asked. I mean, Joseph Buttigieg translated Antonio Gramsci from Italian into English. The reason that we see the cultural onslaught of Marxism in our country is because Joseph Buttigieg translated Antonio Gramsci. No one's ever bothered to ask Pete Buttigieg, well, do you share the communist views of your father? Do you share the Marxist uh, the Marxist ideology, is that what you're trying to push on our country? Now, Jesse, to you and I, the answer might be obvious. Of course he is, because what he's doing is he's engaging in racism. He's engaging in racism, not because he believes that he's inferior as a white person, not because he believes that a black person is inferior, but because he's using racialism as his cudgel. He's using that as the tool to try to spark Marxist revolution. He's, he's engaging in the same critical race theory um, stuff, nonsense, garbage that we've seen pollute our entire society. He, he's, a, he's a gross human being, really. I don't say that about his soul, but I say that about all his behaviors, all his ideologies and everything, all of the impact of all of his actions on the American people. He's one of the worst of the worst in the Biden administration. I didn't see it, but from what I understand, some organization called He Gets Us ran some supposedly Christian commercial. Anyway, here it was.
Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying Take a look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see it clearer, or are you deceived? In what you believe? Cause I'm only human after all Whatever you think about the commercial itself, I thought the response to it was interesting from both sides. People like AOC complaining about the commercial, many Democrats publicly complaining that that commercial even aired. And then, of course, the right, I saw a lot of this from the right, Liz, saying, I don't understand why they're so mad. I don't understand. What's your problem with it? Why does the right have such a very difficult time acknowledging that the left has declared war on the American church? It's an open war. They're quite honest about it. And yet the right won't accept this. Liz, it drives me crazy. Yeah, it's it's actually the reason that we are facing the challenges that we're facing in our country today, because for the past several decades, almost 50 years now, Republicans have been squishes. Republicans have refused to acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we're facing, communists and Marxists. And as a result, we haven't fought well back against them. And if you don't fight well, you don't win. And every cultural example of this that we see now, I mean, think about the Grammys. What was that a week or two ago where Sam Smith was cavorting about the stage dressed as Satan, surrounded by demons. I mean, every indication of our culture, every example of our culture is an indication that we have lost the culture war. The reason for that is because Republicans refuse to acknowledge the political enemy that we face and also the spiritual enemy that we face. The spiritual enemy is intricately intertwined with the political enemy. And I know people are going to say, oh, Liz, stop preaching, stop bringing religion into it. You have to, Jesse. You can't, you can't disassociate. You can't divorce morality from the author of morality. There's no, there's no such thing as secular morality. There's no such thing as secular ethics. And when you try to set up a system where mankind determines what's right and what's wrong, what you get is wokeism. What you get is what you get is communism. What you get is uh, a set of changing standards that are based not in truth, but in political whim. I personally didn't like that ad because I think it's not only unbiblical, it's anti-biblical. The tagline on it was Jesus loved everyone we hate. And it's true. Jesus loves everyone and perhaps loves people that we don't love, but he doesn't love all of our actions. And that advertisement was conflating people with their actions. Anybody who's opened their Bible understands that Jesus specifically calls us to behave in a way that's following him, that's honoring him, that worship is worshipful of him. And he doesn't condone our sin. But what that ad did was make it seem like everyone's actions is part of their, their identity, part of what God loves. And as I said, that's not just unbiblical and inaccurate. It's actually anti-biblical. And I would argue pretty harmful. Liz Wheeler, the Liz Wheeler Show. Thank you, Liz. Thanks, Jesse. All right. We have a crime problem still in these cities. And I have something I have something I need to get off my chest. We'll get to that in a second. Let's get to this really quickly first, though. I, I love all the emails I get. I love that you send me emails. I love the feedback. I like talking to people. I love seeing you out in public. I love all this. But there is something that, it, that has really hit me hard since I started doing TV and radio four years ago. How many veterans out there struggle mentally, struggle 
hard. When they come back from combat, they get out, they just can't, just can't put themselves together. And they reach out to me, Jesse, I need help. Jesse, I need help. Or, or these organizations reach out, I need help. I love what Boulder Crest does. Boulder Crest is coming alongside these guys, not chucking a bottle of pills at them like the VA does, coming alongside these guys and bringing them back. These guys come back and we say we love them, we support them, and then we just kind of forget about them. Boulder Crest is out there doing the work. If you want to help them, help veterans, I totally support it. BoulderCrest.org. BoulderCrest.org. Let's bring these guys back into the world, huh? I'll be back. Ah, the old city of brotherly love. That was Philadelphia before the Super Bowl. Now, I don't really care about Super Bowl. I don't care about football. You know my reasons behind that. But I do actually care about America's cities. So I just wanted to take just a couple minutes and, and touch on this again. I do care about cities. I know the right. It is common, and I'm sure I've said these words myself. I'm not pointing fingers or anything like that. It's common to dog on the cities. You know, spawn of Satan, all that other stuff. Cities suck. I hate cities. Cities suck. I don't agree. I love rural America. I love the countryside. I grew up in Montana, but I love the cities too. I love walking the streets of Chicago, streets of New York. I love flying into L.A. It feels big and important and wild and fast and fun. Or I should say I used to love it. I don't love it anymore. Whenever I have to go to one of those places, I get in and I get out as fast as humanly possible because they're all trash now and that sucks and let me tell you something let me tell you why you should care because maybe you're watching right now in rural america maybe you maybe you're watching where i grew up in montana and you're thinking to yourself i don't care burn philly down burn new york that means nothing to me let me clarify if you love your country you have to acknowledge that the cities are how people around the world how they think of your country. What do you think of when you think of Japan? You thinking about the countryside right now? No, you're not. You're thinking about Tokyo. What do you think of when you think of France? You thinking about some woods somewhere? No, you're thinking about Paris. People think about New York. People watch the news and they see what's happening in Philadelphia. They see that homicides are up 64%. Auto theft has more than doubled. Chicago, L.A., St. Louis, New York, all a disaster. New York, record levels of felony crime last year. More than 170,000. I had to look and make sure that's correct. 170,000. This is bad for America. It's not just bad for New York City. It's bad for America. And I look... And it makes me mad on behalf of my country. But it's not a mystery why we're here. It's no secret why we're here at all. Communists like George Soros have long realized that, hey, local is what really matters. Now, the federal government's fine. It's nice to have the presidency, the Senate, but local is what really matters. I actually want to credit Soros and his ilk for that. 
they understood that the real power, the real power to control day-to-day -day lives of people, it's not from the federal government, it's from local. And so way beyond New York, LA, Chicago, over 75, that's how many cities George Soros and communists have decided to dig into and get open jail DAs elected, open jail mayors elected. This was all done purposefully, electing people who will let violent criminals out of jail so they will go on and commit more acts of violence, thus destabilizing not just the city, destabilizing society itself, because as Lenin said, revolution without end. There can never be an end. They need to constantly create angst and chaos and bitterness in you in order to achieve more power for themselves. It's not an accident. Oh, whoopsie, crime went up. They're doing all this on purpose. But it does bring me to this little point. And I don't think this is good. I don't want you to think this way. Maybe you're going to think this way. Maybe you already do. But I don't feel bad for the cities themselves, the people in the cities. And this is what I mean. I feel bad for my country, I don't like it, but New York, for example. Eric Adams is the mayor there. Eric Adams, the guy who's on TV still defending mandates and saying they're going to come back again. I know what a COVID looked like. And I know that if we didn't have those mandates, I take my hat off to Bill de Blasio, if we didn't have that vaccine and we didn't have those mandates, we would have lost so many more lives. Those who made the determination that, you know, no, I still want to come into a work environment and I'm not going to be vaccinated. Uh, no, I want to still ride the trains. I want to do whatever I want. That just wasn't right. Now that we're seeing a normalization of COVID, there may be another time that we're going to have to do mandates again. And this is the part where I say, I don't think you should think like me, but I'm having a hard time feeling sympathy for New Yorkers. 67%. That's the percentage of the vote Eric Adams got last election. Go look at Alvin Bragg's election numbers. Go look at it. This is what the people want. Well, Jesse, they, did, they don't know what they're getting. They, they're just used to voting Democrat because New Yorkers vote Democrat. So, okay, well, your stupidity is not my problem. If I went to the polls, Every single time, and I voted uh, Republican in my city where I live, and I go vote Republican every time. Boop, Republican. Boop, Republican. Boop, Republican. And all around me, life continued to get worse and worse and worse. At some point in time, I need to go to the mirror and say, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I need to make some changes. Having a hard time feeling sympathy. All right, whatever. We got the great Carol Markowitz. We'll talk to her about New York. She's a former New Yorker join us in a second before we get to Carol. Let's get to this. I know you look around at the news. It's easy to do. You look around at the news and everything's chaos and calamity and, and, and it makes you uneasy. It's, it's easy to feel. It's easy to feel uneasy. It's easy to feel uneasy right now. When you make preparations, it makes it easier to digest everything. You know what I do when I look at the news and it's crazy? I go for a walk. I'll go lift weights. I will get something to make sure I can have clean water. I'll get food. I get gold. I believe in things you can touch and feel when it comes to where you should put your money now as they continue to blow the value of the dollar out of the water, destroy the market. 
I believe in things you can touch and feel. Gold. Oxford Gold Group. Call them. They will get gold in your 401k. They will get gold in your IRA. They will send physical gold and silver to your front door. Things that has lasting value. 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. We'll be back. What do you have to say to New Yorkers about the safety of taking the subway these days? Well, you know, actually, New Yorkers said to us, uh, the customer survey that I, I believe the numbers are going to be revealed, they're saying they feel safer. They feel it's cleaner. They feel it's, they're seeing less uh, people with mental health illness that they can't take care of themselves. That's fine. Go, go ride the subway. About midnight on a Friday. Let me know how that goes. Joining me now. The great Carol Markowitz, columnist with the New York Post, Fox News, has a new book out called Stolen Youth. We'll get to that in a few. Carol, I don't know why you moved out of New York. The subway is all cleaned up. Get back there. It's funny because he really adjusts his message depending on who he's talking to. He's saying this on MSNBC where they want to hear that, no, everything's fine, totally good, don't worry about it. But when he talks to New Yorkers, he actually does stress that, the, that there's a crime problem there. And he stresses a whole lot of other problems that he pretends don't exist when he goes on MSNBC, like illegal immigration. Carol, I'm having a difficult time. Actually, that's that's a lie. I'm having an impossible time feeling sorry for New Yorkers and Chicago people in L.A., not because I hate the yeah. cities. You know, I love the city. You and I have broken bread in New York more yeah. than once. It's, it's that they go vote for this every time. And I realize that's not every individual person, but 67% right. is overwhelming. This is what they want. Yeah. Yes. So I agree with you that these cities do vote themselves into this, but there's so many people trying to get out of that who can't leave. And I know, you know, you don't owe them to feel sorry for them, but there are so many communities all across New York City that don't want this insanity. And they really tried this last time with the, with the governor's vote to vote themselves out of it. And while Manhattan remains kind of a lost cause for this kind of thing, there are so many pockets of sanity throughout the five boroughs. And I do feel for those people. They don't want crazy. They don't want the rampant crime. They don't want drugs being done on their corner. They don't want any of that. And it, it's really tough to watch their mayor go on MSNBC and say it's not a problem. Carol, do we need to get more aggressive on the right with our daily conversations? And I'm not saying just be a jerk to everybody like I am. I'm certainly not encouraging that. But the communist, will, without hesitation, will tell you what he believes and why what you believe is stupid. And he'll do this in day-to-day -day conversation without a second thought. But the right simply doesn't. Do we need to normalize a you voted for this campaign every time a Democrat voter complains about the obvious results of Democrat policies? Because I like this idea. It's really not a bad idea, actually. And you know I don't like to agree with you, but that is actually a solid <laughs> idea. Where, you know, well, I have to say that when, when, so we moved to Florida about a year ago, a little over a year ago, and about two months after we moved here, we got a flyer from the Florida Republican Party just basically saying, like, don't forget why you moved here, you know, vote the right way, you know, here are the issues that potentially you came here because of, and they were completely right. It was crime, it was COVID, et cetera. And they were like, and here, you know, here's the next election date. Um, and here's the date to register, et cetera. So like, I really like that approach. And you're you're kind of saying the negative where you you send the mail to the, the bad voters and say like, you like this crime, you did this. That's also not, I, you know, I think that's pretty good. 
I agree. Shame is underrated. Shame is underrated. All right. Let's talk about Florida for a moment because this Disney thing just... It honestly bums me out a little bit, Carol. We've been to Disney World. We used yeah. to take the boys to all the superhero movies. We've done a vacation through Disney's travel company and loved it. Won't right. ever do that again. So to watch this company, well, here's a little clip. Our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. All that like momentum that I felt like that sense of I don't have to be afraid to like Let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background. This like I was just wherever I could, just basically adding queerness to like. The, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of them. But like I, I just was like, no one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop. Carol, they're not stopping. They're not slowing down. They're pressing right. the gas on this stuff. Why? So it is sad because this is a storied American company. We don't want to watch a company like Disney fail, but they really are um, heading to the edge of that. Uh, so I was in, I was at Disney uh, last weekend. I spoke at a conference that happened to be at Disney World, and it's, it had been a year since that that video that you just showed was released. They had uh, their stock price had tumbled. They replaced their CEO. They've been very quiet on political issues, and so I, I was like, okay, we'll give them another chance. And being at Disney World. World with my children. I wrote about this for Fox, but it's just, it's a carnival of all the ways that you know the, the woke are going to come for them. There's so many things at Disney World that are still very pro-America, very uh, gender, very specific. You know, the bathrooms have a little, a little girl icon and a little boy icon still. And you just know that the woke are not going to stop. It's not like they're going to say, oh, you got rid of um, Splash Mountain because we pressured you for years. Oh, okay, we're good now. They're not going to do that. So Disney needs to make a decision. And the Super Bowl, the ad they showed during the Super Bowl um, was really telling because it didn't have any of this new wokeness. It didn't have the the any of the things that they've been inserting into movies and shows. And I, I, I don't know. I, I hope this company turns itself around. If it doesn't, it won't be the first or last American company to fail because they took such a deeply wrong turn. Yeah. It bums me out. I, I don't see it happening, Carol. All right, well, beyond Disney, here's what worries me. It's not just the turbo freaks we showed you like that last one. I put a gator to everything. By the way, she said like about 8,000 times. Kids, learn how to speak in public. But beyond that, this stuff is infecting every, every single profession, Carol. Doctors, lawyers, judges, surgeons, I mean, critical positions in our society. This mind virus is infecting yeah. all of it and it's rotting everything we see. You're absolutely right. And there's this fantastic book coming out March 7th about just this very topic called Stolen Youth. Um, and it actually traces how it's infecting every part of society. It's not just schools. It's also your pediatrician's office. It's libraries. It's publishing companies. It's media companies. Um, it's everything. And so we, we, we need to start this fight and we need to have it in a really serious way. There's also a chapter in there that I think you'll appreciate. It's a history chapter about how this is not the first time in history that uh, the totalitarians have tried to separate children from their parents. It happens all the time, and this is just happening in America now, and you need to fight it. Amen. Carol Markowitz, the book is stolen you. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so much. All right. We got to lighten the mood still to come. Don't worry. Before we get to lighten the mood, let's get to that timeshare you're stuck in. You want out. Okay, you got a timeshare. Maybe they sucked you in with the fancy seminar. They do that. Hey, free set of golf clubs. 
Maybe you enjoyed it. I hope you did. I hope you desire. There are so many great stories about people having a blast in them, but there is one consistent theme with these things. You're stuck in it, and people don't know that they're stuck in it. I had a story one time. Some lady died, and her daughter inherited her timeshare, who didn't use it and wanted out and couldn't get out, passing it down to the kids. You're one phone call away from getting out of that timeshare. You know that, right? 844-310-2646. Lone Star Transfer is a family company. 99%. That's their success rate when it comes to getting people legally and permanently out of their timeshares. Don't think you're some special case. Oh, they can't help me. Yes, they can. They guarantee it in writing and in a specific time frame. Over 18,000 people are out now because of Lone Star Transfer. Make that phone call. 844-310-2646. We'll be back with Light in the Mood next. It's time for Light in the Mood. And you know what lightens my mood? Don't. Not in the same way she lightened Willie Brown's mood, in a different way she lightens my mood. Before we get to Dome, let's get to this really quickly. <sighs> I've turned into a softy with my dog. I know, you're probably disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself. I routinely get caught now by the wife and kids snuggling with him and stuff like that. He's such a big idiot. He runs up to you and throws his head on you. And what are you supposed to do? Anyway, I do want him to stick around for a while. And because I want him to stick around for a while, we put rough greens in his breakfast every single day. It's not dog food. Just let your dog keep his food. But understand your dog food is dead. There's just no nutrition. There's nothing there. Rough greens is a nutritional supplement you pour on there. Digestive enzymes, oils, the things he needs to live longer and healthier. The stories I get from veterinarians who use this on their own animals, they're amazing. Rough greens also is giving out a free trial bag right now. Free Jumpstart trial bag. You have to go to roughgreens.com slash jesse, and all you pay for is the shipping. Free Jumpstart trial bag. Give this. Give this to your dog. Tell me you don't notice a difference. Our dog doesn't throw up anymore. Roughgreens.com slash jesse. Now, to Dome and her love of school buses. No exhaust. No diesel smell. The bus has Wi-Fi and even USB outlets next to every seat. I mean, come on, imagine. You can charge your phone on your way home from work. That's good stuff. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.